0: I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. I had an opportunity to bring in Jeff Crepando, who's currently the senior vice president of operations at Facilis Group Distributorship, Petty Marketing Group. Jeff and I worked together at Workflow One during the period right after Workflow One's bankruptcy announcement and the time that we spent together negotiating through that crisis and the resultant success that we were able to achieve while we were still battling through the realities of what being a business in bankruptcy is all about when you're trying to be in sales has a lot of similarities to what's going on with the COVID pandemic and what's been happened with our idled economy. There's a lot of parallels there and Jeff and I spend some time talking about those parallels in ways that our time selling through that bankruptcy has really benefited the two of us as we're trying to manage our way through the current situation, and then we spend the back half of the episode talking about what's necessary from a management perspective in order to develop and uh, continue to maintain high developing teams. Jeff was really great at that, and I give him a lot of credit for our success during that period of my career. I think it was a really interesting discussion and look back on the time. It's pertinent and it's relevant. I think you'll enjoy it. Give it a listen. Uh, I, I, I talk about Jeff Gripando a lot, actually, in a fair amount of what I've been doing lately because of okay. Jeff Grappando and Holly having to wake up one day and find out that, oh, by the way, the company you work for is in bankruptcy. Congratulations.
1: Right. Right.
0: And, you know, being the stories you've told me about what you guys had to do. Right plays today it plays today because these are crisis times right and knowing what to do when you're in crisis is a skill that only is usually created by someone who's had to do it before (laughs) (laughs) right and so you know um, small business people that I'm around many of them started their businesses since 2008 Right. Okay. So they've never had they've, they've anything had, right. go wrong right. at exactly. all. Right. So they don't understand like when it turns to times like these, it's like, well, right. how do you handle that? So right. yes. so I, I want to give you a chance to sort of, okay, so walk us through okay. what it was and how you handled it and really why, why you think that plays today.
1: Okay, so so talk first about the original crisis we went through. Okay, yeah. so yeah, you are correct. Um, I just recently got promoted into a position of running the promotional products division for Workflow One. It must have been two and a half months later. You're right. We wake up, but I didn't wake up. I actually the you know, the little backstory to that is as I was invited to a dinner. With our current CEO at the time, that evening where he uh, had myself and a few other executives, where he announced that we will be announcing first thing in the morning that we're filing for Chapter Eleven. So, so I did have a oh, uh,
0: so great. You got the VIP pre-party for we hey. got the pre-party. <laughs> yep,
1: yep. And it was in Dayton, Ohio. And I remember it was so funny. Uh, I went back to the Dayton Marriott where I lived all those years um, and uh, had a glass of wine in the bar. Sat there with Tom Rizzi and Holly Kirkner, and, uh, and, we, and I remember Tom looking at both of us saying, this is going to be really tough for you two. <laughs> so, so you're right. I did have that evening, that glass of wine in that evening to, uh, to kind of think about what that next day is going to bring. Um, immediately, and I've always been this type of manager, I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in communication. Um, you, know, you, you, need to, you need to inform and communicate to your team uh, you know, what's going to happen, what's going to go on. Um, obviously I couldn't tell the team that evening I had to wait till it was publicly announced. But the first thing I did after it was publicly announced was get everybody on the phone together, the whole entire promotional products team. And, you know, and the first thing I think the best thing to do is let people get their feelings off their chest. You know, there's a, there was a lot of anxiety, let people talk about their anxiety just, just Yes, it's going to be hard. We're going to we're going to have to get through it. We're going to have some personal issues we're going to have to deal with. We're going to have a lot of work issues we're going to have to deal with. We have an entire sales force that sell our product line that we're going to have to deal with and take <laughs> care of. Therefore, taking care of their customers. So, I, I think the first the first step was just let everybody talk and get their feelings out on the table. No matter what it was, it was like an open forum. Let's just let's just get it out. Um, I think the second. Thing that's most important in all these crises just like the one we're going through right now is not to panic. Um, you know I'm, as you know because you, you worked on my team, you worked with me, we've worked very close together, I'm a big believer in building goals and objectives and action steps to do lists and all of those. but also have the mindset that it's okay if you have to, I hate that I have to use this word because it's used so often right now, but you have to pivot away from, okay, this was the plan. Now we're going to, we're going to have to go in this direction. It's okay to do that. Um, but, but constantly communicate, stay calm and keep reviewing your plans. And, and that's, I think my initial thoughts of how you take your first step into a crisis moment. Um, the binder, the binder. Yes. And, and, and you know what, if it, I have. There's a couple of them in the other room. That nice. Uh, I, I have all them. We live by the binder. We live by yes, it. Yeah, that's. Yeah, here's the game plan right here. Right, it's like the playbook. Um. So, but I, I think going back to that initial crisis, um, you know, and, and bankruptcy chapter 11 is not fun for anybody. Obviously, um, our situation was very tough on our promotional products division because, as you know. All of our suppliers uh, immediately put us on a credit hold. Everything turned into a prepayment, obviously. But we were fortunate as a company um, that we had our own manufacturing facilities and we were printing we were printing operational documents for customers that they needed to run their business. So the company was throwing cash off. So it was just a matter of those five months of going through a, a process of restructuring and, and so forth. Um, I think now... Outside of communicating to our sales teams and our immediate promotional products team, such as our merchandisers and our customer service staff, you all as directors of sales and what have you, it was very critical to get out in front of our suppliers. And um, I I remember I said to Holly, um, well, actually, before I even talked to Holly, I remember speaking to our CEO and I said, we have to go down to the ASI Power Summit, which was taking place in the Fort Lauderdale area that year. And, um, and I said, this does cost a lot of money, but Holly and I need to get down there. We have to get in front of all of our key suppliers and have those conversations, uh, about the, the past due invoices that we had, the pre-petition dollars that we owed. Um, because I became a, a functional part working with our CFO at the time and our, and our, uh, uh, chief procurement officer at the time of, you know, here's the amount of money available from the banks. Who do we want to pay? Right. So a lot of those decisions fell right into my lap. You know, who, who do we want to pay? Do we pay Sanmar before hits? Do we pay hit before Alpha Broder? And those decisions were going on daily. And so it was important for me to communicate with those, their executives of those supplier organizations. And, um, you know, when I look back now, what a tremendous learning experience Uh, for myself and probably for the other folks that went through that, it it, it allowed me to build some wonderful relationships that I still have to this day with our supplier community. And, um, and we got through it. Um, I I think one of the, the hardest things for me and my team, obviously as we were going through restructuring, there was going to be a management change. And when a management, you know, you're owned by a private equity firm, they immediately bring in consultants that spent countless hours with everybody at Workflow One, and, um, and, and it was an internal selling process. I remember, having to, I remember having to sell to these consultants why branded merchandise is a product line that we should continue to stay in, and that, was, that went on for months. Once we got past that hurdle, then it was about how do you run a better organization? How do we make you, Jeff, a better uh, executive in this, the new Workflow One and so forth? So what a tremendous learning experience that was. And ultimately, after five, six months, we kind of came out on the other side of it. And um, and as you know, built a, I think built a better company. Those those first couple of years, 20, 2011, well, we came out in the spring of 2011, but the year of 2012 and 2013, um, we were doing some amazing things. And you and Jonathan and Mike Riddle, and I mean, we were all, Holly and Stephanie and, and Gerald and everybody else, we were all part of those those. Some great wins that I still love talking about today because it it, it really speaks to how a team pulls together, works with the local sales team, build the appropriate goals and objectives required to implement major contracts such as Verizon or Bosch and, and so forth. And so it was it was a bad time that led to some wonderful times. And you know me, I'm, I'm the ultimate optimist. Right now, we're in a bad time, but I'm convinced this is gonna lead to some wonderful times once we get to the other side of this. But as you know, there's a lot of things going on now that were different from, before it was our internal problem. Now we're dealing in a society problem with, with, uh, with the COVID-19, with uh, the racial tensions in the country. Uh, it's 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 much bigger, I think, right now. So sure, so. but I like you
0: when all of this started to happen. Right. Whether you're in first place in what you sell or you're in last place, everybody got returned to the starting line. Right. That's, that's true. That's the right. real difference here. Is it didn't matter, right? Because unless you were in a business that somehow was seen as essential, which, you know, but promotional products not really seen as essential. Printing in some ways, I guess, could,
1: but
0: we all had to go into the locker room. Exactly. for those of us who had been in crisis before, for those of us who had managed our way through successfully through a crisis, for me, it was just like, all right, well, I've been down this road before. <laughs> right? <laughs> let's, let's go. Let's go into the locker room and let's talk about what we need to do in order to right. get a fast start. That was what we were. Right. all of our focus turned mm-hmm. to. The gates are going to open at some point. We have from this day until the day the gates open to figure out what our strategy is. Right. How are we going to approach communicating our strategy in a way that people would say, hey, they seem like they know what they're talking about. Right. <laughs> I can't find a lot of people that can tell me anything that sounds remotely like they know what they're talking about. Right. So let me at least listen to them because. Right. That guy is saying, hey, uh, bankruptcy was not fun. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and, you know,
0: how, how do you, right? So, you remember it just like I do when we walk in the room and they're like, So, um, explain to us how we should buy from you when you're bankrupt.
1: Right, exactly. Yep. And that's, that's 100% we found a way. right. And
0: we found a way. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, pandemics suck. This is terrible. Yes, Our industry yes. as a whole, if you just look at it, what we're making in dollars from what we traditionally sold versus what we used to make when, before all this happened. Right. Bottom has fallen out. But successful hustlers figure out a way to find another thing to sell. And so, depending on who you're talking to in our industry right now, there's people having record months. They're selling more than they've ever sold before because... Us too. Us too. You've, yep. you've found <laughs> a product in PPE right. that people don't care who it's from, they just need it. And if you have it right. and you can right. be seen as someone that is even remotely trustworthy, right. especially in a time of crisis. So leave it to Jeff Crepando to just literally be the calm voice of reason in a crisis that also happens to have, um, uh, PPE items for you if you need them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. And we, and, and, I, and I will say, and I will give our current uh, owner Ralph Petty, um, who I work for, um, the, the the same type of philosophy, Use, using your relationships to get to the right supply chain, because as you know, this is all new to us. I mean, before, back, back during that, that whole Chapter 11 situation at Workflow One, to me, that was all about building relationships with our supplier community, communicating Making our sales force comfortable that we in our promotional products division, whether it was Roger, Mike, Jonathan, Stephanie, Holly, Jeff, Cheryl, we're going to take care of you. We're going to figure out how to ship product to Boeing, to Bosch, to Verizon. We're going to figure that out. We'll get that done. We'll figure out how we can get the prepayments through and so forth. This one is a little different. The relationship side of it, obviously very important, but we had to learn a whole new product line. I mean, Roger, I'll be honest with you. If you told me what PPE, if you said PPE to me back during Christmas, I had no idea what that meant. I couldn't tell you what that acronym was. Right. I remember I run a, I run a, you know, we're part of the Facilis organization. We're a Facilis partner. I run a success team of other operational vice presidents um, uh, from around the country, around North America, actually. And we were all at uh, the PPAI show in, in January sitting around presenting our business plans for 2020. And I remember making the comments. So this is mid-January. I remember making the comment to everyone. Um, you know, you always need a business plan, everybody. And everybody has to be on board on this business plan, buy into it and so forth. But you got to realize that things change and you got to be able to adjust to those changes. Boy, did I not, I mean, this is the biggest adjustment I've ever seen. I was just on a call with the whole team on, uh, on Thursday this week. And we were laughing. It's like our whole our whole business plans for 2020 pretty much went right out the window. Come March. Yes. And um, and you're right. We we've had we've had the best months that we've ever had. But um, and that goes back to the relationships that Ralph, myself, were able to set up in this space, taking the time to educate ourselves on on these products, a nitrile glove. I don't think I've ever heard the word nitrile before. Nice. <laughs> Before a couple of months ago, either. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I it's also a testament to our industry. I've joined every ASI call, every PPA, PPAI call that Paul or, or Tim uh, Andrews has hosted. I sit there, I listen to I listen to the ownerships and the executives of the largest companies in our industry. And I take all that in. And and determine what's the best course of action for a small distributor like Petty Marketing to get through these times. And it's and it's worked. Um, and and it's still going to be here. I mean, I, right before I got on the call here with you, I was watching the end of the Today Show and um, they were interviewing a doctor and I think somewhere in New Hampshire. And he made the comment. It's easier for me to get a kidney for someone right now than to get a mask for my peers. Yeah. And it's still, it's still this supply chain is still a very big problem. And we as distributors trying to fit in this space, uh, there's opportunities there. We just got to make sure we're doing the right things to get there.
0: Yeah. So, and, and leave it to the group to huddle up like we always do. It's amazing how, right. you know, we as competitors, I suppose, right, are willing to sort of huddle up and go, okay, like, let's make sure we all know what the hell we're doing right now so that nobody gets sued. So that like, exactly. And so like, here's, here's what you need to know. Here's how to stay compliant. Here's how uh,
1: it's, it's, it's really sort of noteworthy if you think about it. It it really is. And I, and I, that's the one, that's a great comment because that's the one thing I've always enjoyed about being in the promotional product space. You know, I mean, I've been in my career for 30 years now but my career, the first 15 years of it was printing. I mean, I grew up in the print industry, and competitors don't talk to each other in the print no. industry. I got, then I got to WorkFlow One, and I came and I learned about this uh, thing called branded merchandise. And yes, it's it's a great community. Um, the the communities on Facebook that I'm a part of. I mean, I've actually developed a couple new relationships with other distributors because they're having a hard time getting PPE, and we're actually able to assist them in, in that process to take care of their customers. So. Yeah, that's the one, that's probably the best thing about our industry is the community of it. So.
0: Yeah, and I, well, we'll, we'll place our bets as to if there's a, a date on the calendar when we say, well, that's when we sort of started moving back away from PPE. I don't, right. this is going to be interesting to see because it, there might be some permanence here. Right, yeah, absolutely. And if there is, you know, how does that offset the decline in right. traditional branded merchandise sales does it does it buffet it sufficiently that like we weather the storm? Does it does it? Right. Mean, you know, it just it it's a, a a new day for promo. I mean, like there's a lot of talk about what that might look like, but I think like right. and this is a, a big part of why I wanted to bring you on because mm-hmm. no one was ever gonna look at workflow one and say. That's a promotional products powerhouse. And yet, <laughs> we were. We were. And, <laughs> and um, I don't think that we all, we all always got our just dessert for the effort we had put into the success that the organization had. Because what people don't realize is yeah, we were a big company, but from a resource perspective, right. we were very constrained. And, yeah, exactly. and to have success with resource constraint, to me, is really like when you say, how, when, what was your best win? My best win was when we brought Jonathan on and basically told him, assume you have no money. Right. <laughs> and he was yeah. extraordinarily successful in what he right. did because he, yeah. once he recognized that, we weren't lying to him. Right. Exactly. <laughs> there really wasn't any money for him to be able to get his hands on. Right. Once he kind of got comfortable with that constraint, he blossomed. Right. And so it's crazy to think that, again, here where we are in this moment, that if you can see these crises as opportunities and use the constraints that you've been given to allow your creativity to occur. Right. Look what
1: happens. Look right, look what happens. That's right. That's right. I mean, yeah, you, you, you think back to those workflow one days and, and it was interesting because we We were, we were, we existed inside a company that had its own plants and manufacturing facilities and assets in an industry that was shrinking rapidly. I mean, the, the, the print, especially the type of print equipment that we owned. Right. I mean, who, who needs a collator anymore for, you know, I mean, you're not making multi-part business forms anymore. We had had
0: some DeLoreans. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and,
1: and, 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 and uh, five or six you in there. For- <laughs> right. right. And, and and I remember being in constant executive meetings and um, and, and this isn't I'm not going to say this is a knock against our, our, our leadership or whatever back in the day. But, you know, it's like it's like grit, slow down. You all have to slow down. And I'm like, I don't know how to slow down. So and neither does my team. So that, that created a lot of, um, a lot of interesting conversations and, and obviously structural changes that had to be made, uh, that you were a part of and, uh, and so forth. You know, right, wrong or indifferent, it, it, it is what it was. Um, but it, it's, it's, it, it's interesting how you look back and you learn from those, those activities And hopefully make better decisions as you go forward. I mean, I I moved my career, you know, after workflow one standard Register to two, to a smaller family run company. And now even a smaller, but now we're a lot bigger (laughs) organization that, 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 you know, where where we're at here. But, um, but I I think you're right. It, it, It all gets back to relationship building, good communication, planning, and being able to adjust those plans as needed as you, as you go. And, um, and taking care of each other. I mean, I I think that's, I'm, I'm, I've always been an open door. Any, anybody can call me, email me, text me and and I will, you know, yes, I'm busy and and I may have to put you off for a little while, but eventually we'll get back to you and let's chat and talk and let's, let's go through this, this process of, of trying to get to success um, you know, the other thing I was going to kind of shifting gears back to the COVID crisis, another interesting thing about all this, you were talking about what's the new promotional product in the world going to look like. We've actually started seeing down here in the South because our States opened up fast. Um, Georgia, I mean, I, I live 12 miles from the Georgia border and Georgia opened weeks and weeks ago. Most of our customers are in Georgia and then Tennessee right behind it. Um, so we're starting to see non-PPE sales occurring because people are going back to work. Right again, right longer and different because we're all seeing the news in the last couple of days. Cases are up, hospital stays are, or hospital uh, mittens are up and what have you. But I think organizations are starting to realize that okay, we, we're bringing people in. How do we keep them safe and how do we keep them happy? I mean, we just got an order recently uh, from an organization. Uh, for apparel, they're they're going to give a piece of apparel to every one of their employees as like, like kind of a welcome back gift to the workplace. Now, you know that's that's that stuff is starting to happen. I'm seeing it. But as I was talking to all my facilities peers the other day, you know, those of you like you that live up in Michigan, that live in British Columbia, that live in California, that live in Miami. I mean, it's it's just different. We're all we're all in different situations right now. All right. And yeah, and, and it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out at some point here. Um, I, I don't know. But I am starting to see a little bit of traditional promotional product sales starting to come back. So. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, and even, even here, yep. you know, I would say in the last two weeks, we've seen the pace of activity, maybe not necessarily the pace of purchases per se, yeah, but right. activity, has definitely rebounded and what I know for sure is that the way things were in March are not the way they will be for the rest of the year. It just won't. No, be. no, and especially, absolutely not. We've got this election coming and, you know, pe- people are, people are going to get back to work because we all desperately want to go back to work, but right. I think everyone is going to take a good, long, hard look at what the future is going to look like. Right. And I think you'll see, you just, you, when well, they say, don't waste a good crisis, right? So yeah, exactly. <laughs> things that happen as a result. And Jeff, I don't know if you realize this, but like uh, Uber, uh, Airbnb, mm-hmm. uh, they all came out of 08, but those, all of those businesses came out of the 08 recession. So it right. stands to reason that we'll see another something like that occur as a result of this. It's just, the nature of business, but um, from, from the perspective of relationships. So, you know, you, I want to, I want to remind you of the fact that when you are hiring six figure salary jobs, you have a broader talent pool than the average Joe, because those are really good jobs. So there's a lot of opportunity for you to pick and choose from the available talent for a six-figure job. But what I would say for you is, and I know you know this, but you're too sheepish to admit it, that part of what (laughs) makes you so skilled as a leader is you hire really smart people and then you let them be smart.
1: Well, exactly.
0: And that's, you know, many leaders have this problem with, I'm going to bring a lot of talent onto my team, but it's got to be all about me. Right. Right. And you were never that way. It was, I think I have a lot of talent here and I'm just going to encourage them to be talented and then gather up all the things that they say that seem that seem to be a really good plan and then put that plan in place. And because
1: you did that. Right. You consistently and repeated- I, I, I think, Roger, that I would say to that I got I got to give my my father credit for this um, long, long time ago. Probably maybe I was still in college when he said this, somewhere in there. But his advice was hire, hire people that have the same work ethic as you, but are smarter than you. Hire, hire people that work as hard as you, but are smarter than you, and you will have successful teams. And, and I've always lived by that philosophy. And, and I have to say, I, I look back, um, I look back at my career at Wallace Computer Services, at Workflow One, at City Paper. Um, and now here at Petty Marketing, yes, hire, you know, we build successful teams and, and that's really what it's all about. And, um, and makes, makes this whole thing fun. I mean, it makes it fun. I mean, you know, me, I don't, I, I, I like working. I worked yesterday a little bit. I've worked this morning a little bit. I got more work to do later today. I mean, that's just, that's what we do. And, um, and they have a good time doing it, I think is, is, is ultimately, but you're right. That's, that's the whole key. Put people on your staff that um, that have the well and give them put them on the staff that, that have the, uh, the, the knowledge power to succeed. But give them the pathway to succeed. Allow them to blossom and move. And, um, and good things will happen.
0: I often call you my second best boss
1: ever. Oh, okay. The only <laughs> Thank
0: reason you can't be the first best boss ever was because my first best best boss ever was the guy who taught me how to sell. So there you go You're right there. And and for me, it was um, each of us when we're on a team will reach a moment where the person that is responsible for directing our behavior will either you either know that that person has your back or you realize that they're not really there like you think they are. Right. Right. And it's usually in that moment when I, as the employee, as the talent, if you will make Mm -hmm. a decision about how hard I'll work. How hard will I work for this person? Right. Right. I have a lot to give, but if I realize that that person is really not in this for me, or if what we've said we're trying to do, isn't really being held by the leader, you're like, eh, okay, I'm still going to be here, but maybe I'm not giving it the thousand percent that I would give otherwise. And, exactly. and, and yeah. for you, like what I know for you when it came to me was in much the same way that tatman was telling you, you had to slow down. You were telling me, dude, right. slow down. <laughs> like, <laughs> those are all really great ideas, but we only have like this little itty bitty pot of what we can do. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so I think, so the, I, t- I say that whole story to say that right. because you lead that way, you were able to get maximum performance out of more people across the board i think than your average sales leader and so you know come on comment on that if you will but i mean to me that's just like when you're as a salesperson for a leader what you're really looking for is exactly what i just
1: described right absolutely you're 100 right yep i i couldn't agree more with that it's it it's like I used to tell people and I probably said this to you or you heard it in a meeting. I I've always been the guy, I am a true believer in this, you know, and I'll use a football analogy. You know, you got a football field, you're down here on this goal line. I'm over here on this goal line. I'm going to run to the midfield. You're going to run and Then you meet me halfway and we will be tied together forever. But if, if I run to midfield and you only come to the 30 yard line, we're never going to connect. And we had that same, we had that same issue with a lot. Lot of regional managers back in the day at Workflow for one. They didn't they didn't want to come all the way to midfield with us and our branded merchandise team, and we and our philosophy was then okay because we have other managers that are coming this far. Right. And um, you know, and I, I will always say, and if people ask me in my 30-year career, and I've done a lot of cool things, the, the 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 project and the implementation of the Bosch Mexico program was by far. <laughs> My favorite, hands down, my favorite one because we were told, "Don't do it. You can't do it. Don't go to Mexico. You're an idiot going to Mexico." We didn't speak the language. We, but but we did it. That's what I love. We did it. We did it.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, Jeff! What a whole other
1: episode, just in and of itself. The whole that's an episode in and of itself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that to me, if people you know, you know, people ask me, what what is what is one of your greatest projects you've ever been a part of and worked on? Bosch Mexico is number one. Hands down. Yeah. And, and I've had some cool ones. I had the Coors Brewing Company when we sold the, the Forms program when I was at Wallace years ago in Denver. That was cool. But in Bosch, Mexico, easily, because there was a fear there. We all had that fear. You and I talked about it. You had the fear about flying down there. I had the fear about flying down there. <laughs> Yeah, I, it was like, uh, I really want to be here. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but we did it. Exactly. Our spouses probably feared us. You know, I, I'm pretty sure Tracy said, I don't, I don't like you going down there. I mean, I, I remember Tom Rizzi, our chief sales officer at the time, saying, I'm not going to support you guys going there. But we did it. <laughs> and we won,
0: just and like we won. do, Exactly. exactly. Even exactly. when we can't speak the language, we figure out a way, right? Yeah. <laughs> Having gone through all of what we talked about before, living in this moment right now from a expertise and advice perspective for someone who maybe doesn't have the background that you and I have around dealing with this stuff right maybe it's a little bit of turmoil maybe they have some anxiety and they're a little bit worried about like what do I do what would be your advice to that like what would be the first thing you would want that person focused on
1: the first thing that I would want that person focused on is number one education and educate yourself of, of the risk you're about to take. Um, because it's okay. It, it's re- taking risks are, I, I think as human beings, how eventually we succeed. So it's okay to take a risk, but I would say educate yourself. That's the one thing we had to do here at Petty Marketing. Um, we really educated ourselves on this PPE, uh, uh, product offering. Secondly, talk to people, talk to people that are having some successes around this space and, um, and uh and, and and determine um you know is it the right direction uh, for your organization thirdly based on where you live in the country there's so many rules and regulations going on continue to, to study and educate because those are those offer opportunities
0: i appreciate it man you you've been great it's been fun kind of reminiscing from back in the day and it really is it's it's a uh... It's a timely discussion because there are a lot of similarities between what's going on now and what you and I had to deal with
1: absolutely absolutely um, yeah it should should be should be interesting
0: Wow, well, there you have it. I know that's a little bit longer of an episode than what you've been getting out of us lately, and I appreciate you sticking with me if you're still hearing my voice at thirty five minute mark there's so many good things that came out of that discussion you know Jeff saying it's okay to take a risk but educate yourself knowing that. He got a pre-party look at the bankruptcy and his boss told him, this is going to be really tough for you, was poignant. You know, but really he focused on what a learning experience it created for many of us and how those learning experiences turned into real valuable skill and experience for us and what's happened during the pandemic. You know, it was a bad time that led to some wonderful times and we're hoping that the same thing is going to happen now. You know, the idea that things change and you have to be willing and able to adjust and develop uh, strategies that go along with those changes is really how to develop a high performing team along with communication. So I hope that you got value out of that. If you did, please share it around to other folks, like our episode, share it, provide comments and subscribe to the podcast so that we can continue to unlock new content for all of you as we continue to get those five star reviews. I look forward to our next episode. Thanks for hanging in there with me today.